Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Your Locked On Texans analyst, John Sports Guy Hickman, happy for today's episode. Why? Well, we have Stephanie Spradley of the Houston Chronicle for today's show. And we're going to get into a lot, right? Over the weekend, the press conference from Friday, a lot of rumors uh, over the weekend about who accepted deals. Uh, you got to look at Omar Khan, right? He was reportedly offered the job until he made it clear that Jack Easterby will not have uh, a role here in Houston. And that really shook the landscape of what Houston wanted to do. Uh, Tony Dungy said, hey, we can give you all of the advice in the world, but if you feel something makes more sense for your organization, do it. Uh, and then we heard the rumor of Jack Easterby giving Cal McNair a call the Sunday before Casario was interviewed on um, on that week. So, so many things going around. Going to dive into some of those with Stephanie Spradley from the Houston Crown. I cannot wait. Uh, but for me, Cody, overall, the Omar Khan hiring would have made logically the most sense. And why do I say that? Well, uh, not to st spend too much time on it, but Houston is in a crunch in a lot of areas. They're in a crunch for draft. They're in the crunch for bad contracts. They're in the cr crunch uh, for cap space and how, how they're limited in that area. They're limited in all of those areas because of bad decisions made before uh, Nick Casario, who is now the GM. But Omar Khan was the guy that once his name came up, uh, got into his background, I thought that he made the most sense to have a possible turnaround for the immediate future, which would be next season. Uh, but Houston didn't go that way, even though it has been reported he had a deal on the table. And so all of those things make me wonder, you know, how far does the rabbit hole with Jack East to be really go? Well, John, you basically just gave the answer. It makes too much sense. That's why the Houston Texans did not go this route. And everything that they do does not make sense. Plain and simple. What makes sense is using betonline.ag. Why? That's the only place that has you covered in the one place we trust here at Locked On Podcast Network. Betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your 50% welcome bonus. There's no reason for you to sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. January is two weeks until the new month of the new year because last year is over, thank God. But you know what? With all of those resolutions and fresh starts, I got a way for you to get a fresh start and get a few more wins. Because listen, if you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. And so... As we alluded to in the first segment when we kicked off the show for today, let me tell you something. I love the Texans media, 
And I love the fans. And I, I, I say that because when the news of Nick Casario dropped, the entire Texan Twitter world was on fire. That's when they got fire East to be trending. And if you wasn't up late that night, you missed out on a lot of good fun, a lot of good conversation uh, and a lot of great back and forth. So that night, Stephanie Stradley was on Twitter, interacting with fans, uh, going back and forth. She was really doing a very great job of providing facts and also uh, being there for the fan. Like, because I'm sure she's frustrated. She covered the team for a very long time. So she's frustrated along with the fans. And so without further ado, Stephanie Stradley of the Houston Chronicle, welcome to the Locked On Texans podcast. Glad to be here. So where can they find all of your work, your social medias? Uh, that way our listeners can go ahead and check out a lot of your great work as well. Sure. Um, if you go on Twitter, it's at Steph Stradley, Steph with a P-H, Stradley, S-T-R-A-D-L-E-Y. In my biography at the top of the page, it has links to my Houston Chronicle writing. And then I have a place for all my writing that doesn't fit any place else on my own personal blog, stephstradley.com or stephaniestradley.com or stradleylaw.com. I mean, it all goes the same place. He does it all. And uh, a lot of women do, right? Uh, women are strong. They do it all. Whatever you need, they can do it. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Houston Texans today as the last two weeks have been crazy. But since the hiring and press conference from Friday of Nick Casario, uh, emotions have really ran wild throughout the city, right? And so for me, what I want to ask to kind of kick off the show for today is, you mentioned in your Cron.com article that was published over the weekend, how the next head coach will have to go, uh, will have to be cool with Jack Easterby. Can you expand on your theory of yours? Because we heard about Matt Eberfluss turning down the interview from Houston after he agreed to it. And then it also kind of makes me wonder how difficult of a time It'll be for Houston to bring in qualified candidates for the head coaching position and players in free agency to come to Houston. So how difficult will it be for Jack Easterby, um, for, for people, players and coaches to come in with Jack Easterby to set their own way? Well, it's not just an, a Jack Easterby thing, but he is a big part of it. Like, as you know, there was a gigantic Sports Illustrated feature article talking about the chaos that he has specifically brought to the team. I mean, you know, we have to reverse this for a while. The Texans have wasted their time for a couple of years with first their GM by committee after they tried to hire Casario in the first place, which nobody thought that that was a good idea. Like that's just not something that professional sports teams do. People in Houston know better than anyone that if you have a quality general manager, that's, the, that's a difference maker. That's a force multiplier. If you have bad front office, that's bad. And then this year they, you know, they did it with, you know, O'Brien is the nominal GM, but every time that, that O'Brien would speak to the media, he would kind of crawfish from that and goes, Hey, I'm working with other people. But from what I understood, he was named in that position because they wanted to have somebody who was quote unquote responsible for the decisions. But having kind of two years of no professional direction has put you know, the Texans in a bad spot. Then they've gone completely the other direction. You know, there's all different ways that you can set up a team and they have definitely gone for the, 
what would be considered the strong GM model. And the strong GM model means the GM is hired first, he's given a big fat contract and reportedly uh, Casario's contract is one of the top three contracts in the league and is a very long time. So if you have a contract for a lot of money for many years, that gives you a lot of power, right? Well, the first thing that he says when he comes to town is that he's keeping Jack Easterby but not in a personnel role. Well, that would be fine if the problems with Jack Easterby were confined to his role in helping the GM by committee thing. I mean, the Sports Illustrated article showed huge distrust within the building. And it makes sense. Like if, if- 85%, wasn't it? Like a high number around- Well, there were, there, the report said that Basically, three people guessed how many people in the building, you know, distrusted him. And the the numbers were between 85 and 90 percent. I mean, that's that's crazy. There were there were reports in that that piece about people thinking that they were being followed. Like how toxic does your workplace have to be before, you know, you do something about it? And, And part of this is. The NFL code is you keep things in house. If you have a problem with somebody, you go to them, you talk to them, you tell them how the situation is. But if you are afraid that if if you talk, it's gonna be held against you, or if you don't toe the line, it's gonna be held against you, then that's how things get leaked out. I mean, some of the allegations in the Sports Illustrated piece were just kind of gross, you know, giving speeches that either at best were corny and at worst were racially insensitive. I mean, it's just not, you know, I don't know about you, but at least for me, every time I've had an affable boss that has gotten a little out of line or done things that are kind of strange and I don't trust that person, you remember that, you remember that forever. Like it's really hard to rebuild trust. So this is not just, he did, horrible trades that you know that nobody in the nfl would do like it's not just the personnel moves it's people feel uncomfortable with him being that close to the owner like it's obvious he has the owner's ear so the only head coaches that can lead from that position are going to have to be fine with being undercut to the owner by jack easterby like if you have options do you want to have a strong GM that is best friends with this person that an entire Sports Illustrated feature said was a problem. Like, I don't ha- know how you get over it. And I think the way that the Texans are trying to, at least with what we know publicly is, well, we're gonna ignore all the problems and just pretend they don't exist. Just keep on going and pretend that these issues don't exist. I mean that's not tenable when all the reports suggest that your, you know, your dynamic quarterback isn't happy. And the whole idea, and you know, it's kind of the basis of my piece in, in general is, it is clear with all the reported information about how this went through that Cal McNair cares more about Jack Easterby and his opinion then he cares about the players, about the staff members that work for the Houston Texans that have to deal with this blowback. 
and the fans who don't care so much about, you know, does everybody have high character? What they care about is having competent football people making decisions and attracting the best coaches to develop the players that they have and will get in the future. Stephanie, I want to ask you this question, and I truly want your honest opinion on this because I'm starting to get the sense that this is a conversation that we need to start having about, I'm not going to say the Texans in general, but just Cal McNair, but how much of McNair's actions do you believe are centered around racism? Because that is the only logic explanation that I can think of, because I truly believe if this were, you know, talking about Deshaun Watson, if this was Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence to a certain extent, not only will Cal consider their recommend recommendations, but I believe he would truly go out his way to make sure he will hire that guy. Plus, if you recall, the final question that John McClain asked during Friday's media availability was centered around, you know, what's the likelihood that you guys will consider hiring a minority coach and neither Nick Castillo nor Cal McNair could give a good solid answer. Yeah. I, I don't want to speculate about things that I don't know for sure. What I do know for sure, just looking at the Texans over time, is, and, and I talk about it in my pieces, you know, I am all for positive mental attitude and putting things that you can't control off to the side. I get that. Um, and there's a long tradition of kind of blocking out the noise. I get that too, you know, because there is a lot of unfair criticism out there that if you took in all the criticism that you received, you wouldn't be able to function. But then there's also this concept called toxic po positivity, which is where people tell you to have a positive at, uh, attitude and doesn't really take into account true pain that people have experienced and true problems that they've experienced and wants people to just kind of blow that off and move forward. And, 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 and kind of undermines and demeans the real pain and issues that people are facing. I mean, you know, that press conference they had was going to be a difficult press conference. I mean, Cal McNair definitely prefers to talk one-on-one -on -one with people versus to large groups. That I knew before that press conference happened. But I think the bigger issue is it was just not really dealing with the issues that people experienced that you had two years of selflessness. Like, you know, they, they talked about selflessness as a key to the, the Texans going forward and, and the team before the one. Well, you know what? Those players, their most important commodity is the time in their career. And the last couple of years were wasted, wasted with people that were not competent running the team. And so then you're supposed to be saying, hey, you know, this person that has destroyed a couple of years of your career in Jack Easterby, well, he's going to have a different position that he'll destroy your career. I mean, that's not, that's not, everybody was looking for a fresh start. And, and the fresh start is, hey, you know, all those problems that you've been experiencing, well, you better suck it up and move forward because this is the way we're going. 
And that's just, you know, I, you know, right now, I don't think that things are completely fixed. You know, the way that it was discussed was uh, Jack Easterby is going to have an important role. It's not going to be personnel. We'll say what that role is later. Well, you know, really, that's the, that is a role that's supposed to be a head coach should have some kind of feedback into that because that's a key part of leadership, you know, or, or direction. And so I guess the only coaches that they're going to consider at the head coach position and position coaches are people okay with that. Stephanie, before moving on, John and I would like to tell you about our good friends over at rockauto.com. And when we get back, we would like to get your thoughts on the Texans' new general manager and the outlook of J.J. Watt's future with this organization. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost 353 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Join Trevor Sakima and Benjamin Solak of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast every Tuesday as they start their Team Takeover Tuesday offseason series. Each week they pick a new team, take a deep dive into potential front office and head coaching signings, which affect your Houston Texans, a roster review, free agent strategies, and go through a team-centric mock draft. That's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Cal McNair never did put faith in fans, media, and more importantly, players in this press conference. And maybe it was just naive of me to want him to come out and lay things to rest. But for you, did Nick Casario assure you in any way that he's actually the man for the job? Because Omar Khan was actually reportedly given the the job until he made it known that Jack Easterby would no longer be in his role or any role in capacity. So then on the fly, Jack saw what was going on, called his boy, got him in Houston, got him hired on Thursday night, press conference on Friday. Did Casario do anything for you uh, 
uh, to say, you know what, we can't back Cal anymore, but maybe we can put some trust into him moving forward for presumably at least the next six years. I have to say this press conference was going to be hard because when you're talking to a skeptical and hostile audience, which is not just the press talking to him on Zoom, the hostile audience is all the people very skeptical about the roles going forward. If you're talking to a skeptical, hostile audience is one of the hardest things to do in the world. And so clearly Cal doesn't feel necessarily the most comfortable with it. And he pretty much admitted as much afterwards, but yeah, everything is time and place. Everything is about what the expectations are for the people listening to you. And the main issue right now is a complete lack of trust and confidence going forward. Now I will tell you, Nick Casario by all accounts is an absolutely qualified person for that position. And pretty much every fan base that would get him as GM would be very happy with him as GM. Jack Easterby as the, I don't know, whatever his future role is going to be. That's a question. And, and it, I think, you know, there, you know, this has all happened very fast, but I don't think that Casario's vision for the world really accommodated how angry people are here. Like when, when he talks about his vision, it sounds like all the Patriots South stuff that Houston has been enduring since 2014. Like the issue for the Texans is not selflessness. The issue for the Texans is that their roster is comprised in a very strange way where you're not spending very much money on corners and blah, blah, blah. But we can't even get to the point of talking about the issues with the Texans because Cal McNair is like, this is all, this is not that bad. And this is why it's not that bad because, you know, we, we almost did good in the playoffs two years ago. Well, I mean, you can make an argument that they're not that far, but that wasn't the way that you make that argument, you know? It just but, seems like he's so far out of touch of yes. reality. Well, I mean, he's never experienced, I get, I mean, I have to say that the, the piece that I wrote was more kind of a case study of places where, you know, you have a toxic positivity kind of mindset. Right. And I don't know about y'all, but have you ever had a boss who's like a really likable guy and very affable and you want to like them, but that everything that they do makes your, your job more difficult. Like that's a miserable experience. Yeah. That's a miserable experience. And, you know, you talk, you know, if you listen to the press conferences at the end of the year by your two best players, Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt, and they are begging you to get the connection back with fans and they are begging you to improve the culture. And you kept the person like it's, it's almost like they thought, oh, well, if we get rid of Bill O'Brien, then everything's cool. Well, no, not everything's cool. And you, you haven't even acknowledged that. And that press conference didn't acknowledge it. The press conference like, yeah, this, everything's fine. Everything's cool. You know, and, you know, it's not cool when you're introducing your new GM and so much of the press conference is focusing on somebody who's a character coach. Like we're not even talking about somebody who's like the best guy at, you know, 
offensive line play or, you know, genius at, at offensive coordinator. We're talking about a guy who is a character coach who made the culture worse. Like his character made, like you put it, a lot of things worse in this organization, this building. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, if you are truly somebody of high character and you know that 85 to 90% of the building does not trust you and you know that you're making your boss's job and your friend's job more difficult to do their job because you are a distraction, you know what you do? You resign. If you truly have high character, you resign. But that's not going to happen. Getting lost in the midst of the whole Deshaun Watson is angry and demanding a trade and all this other stuff is the future of J.J. Watt. Um, from what you are hearing and know about the situation, is it safe to say that Watt has played his last game as a member of, a, of, of the Houston Texans? I don't know. Um, it's it's a complicated situation and I think it's going to be very much up to the GM. Like right now, you know, he, he's, his money's not guaranteed going forward. You don't want to be practicing doing stuff without guaranteed money. He definitely like part of the, the issues with last year was they spend so little on their, on their secondary and their secondary is so bad. It doesn't matter how good you are as a defensive lineman. You can't, you can't do much if your secondary is bad and the other defensive linemen can't stop the run. And then you're trying too much and just, I mean, the whole defense had issues, but he's a quality player and you get rid of JJ Watt. I don't know what leadership that you have on the defense, but then part of it is also JJ Watt being comfortable staying out. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to work out. And part of that is this whole direction with GM and coaching and, you know, what comes with that. I mean, Cal McNair was like, Hey, you know, JJ Watt and Deshaun Watson are keys to our future, but you know, they're sentient human beings with their own opinions about things. And, you know, I, I would hope it would never get to the point that it did with Dwayne Brown, but, you know, they disrespected Dwayne Brown. They, they wanted him to play, you know, he's a, he's a left tackle, which is one of the more valuable positions in the league. And they wanted a left tackle to continue playing without any guaranteed money. And for under market money. Now, could they have made him happy about things? Sure they could, but they chose not to. Thinking that the way that the CBA is that he would just have to show up if he was going to get paid. And he was so disrespected by the way that they dealt with everything that he'd just rather not play and just show up just in time for him to get years of service. Like that's how bad that was. Like it should have never come to that. And so, you know, you can pretend like, you know, you know, you have all the cards, but you know, sometimes people are willing to not be paid if they think that their health is on the line, you know, and JJ Watt, for example, very much knows, you know, how 
crucial health is and how fleeting your, you know, your career can be. So, I mean, it takes two to tango. Cal McNair can't just go, hey, we have these guys and everything's going to be cool. And, you know, Nick Casario, you know, sometimes he kind of interrupted things in a way where he was trying not to get boxed in. And, you know, I think rightfully as a GM, he's going to have to look at the whole roster and try to deal with it. And, and it's not, not ideal. I mean, it's not an ideal roster. You know, there was discussion that Will Fuller, oh yeah, you know, the Texans want Will Fuller back. Like that's what the report was, you know, after his PED suspension. Well, it doesn't matter if the Texans without a GM want Will Fuller to come back. Nick Casario, coming from the Patriots school of thought, may not want to spend a lot of money on another contract for an often injured wide receiver got a PED suspension because the Patriots typically didn't want to overspend for, for a wide receiver. So I don't know. We have a lot of questions. And for, as for me, like everybody's going to feel the way that they do about the situation. This is how I feel for the sake of Houston, for the sake of Houston, I hope that they can figure this out. It, it, you know, overcoming adversity in and of itself is not a noble pursuit. Sometimes you can just hit the easy button. You can make it easy on yourself. The first easiest decision that they could make is to put out a statement saying, you know, uh, Jack Easterby is helping with the transition and he's going to leave on X day. They did a terrible job overall with the explanations of things. Yes. Um, trying to determine where they're actually going to not only have him, but, um, you know, Cal mentioned the future and how they're building their, you know, their principles on excellence and morals and integrity and so yeah. on and so forth. And then we find out later on how much of that was actually a lie uh, because you told Deshaun Watson that he'd be involved. You promised you made promises that you blatantly disregarded and did not keep. To be fair about that, you know, we're getting reports about what Deshaun thinks through other people. And it's, and, you know, a lot of times you can have miscommunications about what expectations are, but I'll tell you what Cal McNair wrote to the fans. He said, we're going to have corn Ferry consulting. I have this group of smart guys that are going to advise me on what their views on. But at the end of the day, uh, Janice McNair and I have to do what we believe is right for the Texans. Like that's what he said. And then to start off that press conference, he specifically says, I ask our fans to trust our direction. So basically both of those approaches are one, we're advising you know, we're getting a lot of advice, but we don't have to take it. And two, you got to just trust us, which is a really hard thing to hear from somebody who thought that the flat organization and GM by committee and then GM by Bill O'Brien was the best direction to go. Amazing stuff there. Like this is what our listeners wanted. They needed an outside opinion where can they find you on twitter again stephanie stephanie stradley was amazing of the houston chronicle where can they find you on twitter and all of your work one more time 
Yeah, yeah. You can find me at Steph Stradley. Steph with a P-H, Stradley, S-T-R-A-D-L-E-Y. My bio has links to uh, my writing. Uh, you can find the Chronicle writing first or then my non-Texan writing that has just all sorts of stuff in it uh, that, that I intend to be helpful. I, my view on, on, you know, just community in general is if everybody offers their talents and time in the ways that they're good at, it, that just benefits all of society, you know? if you just contribute what you can do. And so that's just my little way. That was Stephanie Stradley again uh, of the Houston Chronicle. Nice, nice insight there, right? And I think, you know, what she was able to do was take our questions, give her, give us her insight and then expand on it um, from many different angles. And, and I love that. I mean, you know, I wish that we had an opportunity to have just, the the conversation outside of sports outside of being recorded and just talk football which was something we admitted that we wanted more of doing that press conference uh we talked about that off the air of course but i'm john some sports guy hickman don't forget to follow us on twitter at locked on texans follow me on twitter at some sports guy F- subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher megaphone and spotify And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.